Hey, Queeros, Cameron here. Ooh, we are doing the second ever live episode of Query in New York City as a part of New York Magazine's Vulture Fest on May 19th. I'll be at Milk Studios from 12.30 to 1.30 p.m. Please come and hang and listen to a live episode of the podcast. Ooh, I am so excited about it. Uh, you can go to vulturefestival.com for tickets or check out any of my social media. It's all on there. Ooh-hoo-hoo! Can't wait to see you, New York. This is a show about individual experience and personal identity. There may be times when folks use identifying words or phrases that don't feel right to you. That's part of what we're exploring here. Please listen with an open heart, and as always, I welcome your polite, engaged feedback, and I encourage you to continue the conversation in your own life and with your own community. Welcome to Query. Hey, Queeros. Cameron here. Clea Duvall is my guest on the show today. Clea is a wonderful actor. I mean, I've just been like a fan for a long time, but then also a friend of mine now and a really good person. So I I loved this conversation. It got super tender and rad, and I hope you like it too. I've been feeling wrong, but I'm still holding on. Darling, I know, I know, I know it's careless. You know what? This is really fun. It's fun to be here. Yes. On this show, I have folks introduce themselves. Would you like to introduce yourself? Um, Sure. My name is Clea Duvall. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You're the only guest I've had who just, that's the full stop. I feel like it's perfect. (laughs) Perfect. What uh, do people usually say? I don't know. Like stuff about themselves. Because I feel like I live I'm a Libra. Yeah. I feel like I leave it open-ended just because I'm curious Mm. as like how people identify themselves in the world but you're just like yeah bam yeah i'm clea duvall yeah yeah you are clea duvall yeah i can attest to this i'm looking at you (laughs) i'm looking at your face yeah um we met because i like because we decided to go on like a friend double date which is very funny and true and real yeah because i just had talked to you on the phone about some about a project about mm-hmm. take my wife, mm-hmm. and that didn't end up working out. But I was like, well, maybe I can segue this into just like straight up a friendship. Yeah, and I think it's going okay. Well, I think part of the reason why I even wanted to talk to you guys on the phone about doing take my wife is because I was like, oh, maybe maybe we could be friends. Maybe that would be a way for us <laughs> to be able to segue into friendship after having such a successful work relationship. Yeah. But then we didn't even have – I was bummed that I couldn't do that, though, because that would have been really fun. Well, I mean, I feel like we've got time in the future yeah. to find something else. Yeah. Um, but I I was happy to – I mean, I've just, like, known what you were doing for such a long time, it feels like, in my life. Um, obviously, I'm sure a lot of listeners to this show specifically mm-hmm. would probably be, like – in the zone of but I'm a cheerleader heads. Yeah. Classic cheerleader heads. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what? Classic cheerleader heads. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. you know. Yeah, I don't have course. to tell you yeah, what yeah, yeah. the fans of your no, movie no, no. are called. No, of course. What else would it be also? No, that was what it would Classic be. cheerleader heads. <laughs> <laughs> it just rolls off the tongue. <laughs> that what? How old were you when you made that movie? Do you remember? I was, um, I was 21. We made it. I, yeah, I was 21. I just turned 21. 21, like, what, and anything that you feel comfortable sharing, like, what was going on in your life going into that movie? Um, I, that was, it was actually a really crazy year for me where I just sort of 
had been like acting and getting jobs and doing pretty well. But then I got a lot of jobs all at once. And, um, you know, it was the year I did the faculty and Girl Interrupted. So like career wise for me, it was a really big, um, a really big year and a really exciting time. Um, but, but I'm a cheerleader had been on my, you know, it had been happening for a long time because Jamie Babbitt, the director and I were friends and, um, she told me about the idea and told me she wanted me to play this part. And I read all the drafts of the script and really helped shape my character, which was really important to me because, you know, the there, there I had never seen a character that was like full on gay like me in a movie before where it was – I mean, I guess there was like the incredibly true adventures of Two Worlds in Love was like – maybe the closest to it that I had seen, but um, I really wanted to have, you know, I really wanted there to be a character out there representing um, me, you know, because I felt like there were probably a lot of people like me who also felt like they hadn't been represented. And um, so that was really exciting. I'm trying to think if I was even out when I saw that movie for the first time or like, dating a woman I must have seen it with my first girlfriend if I place it in my life I must have seen it like I think we like I must have ordered it off of like a like a like a Netflix Prime situation, uh-huh. like a first iteration of Netflix where they mailed you the same copy of But I'm a cheerleader that everybody else had oh, touched. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Um because I, I feel like you're t- Yeah, there's something special I think when I watched that movie, I think I had your haircut and like mm. had the black button down shirt mm-hmm. that you War yeah, the when, uniform. Yeah, like yeah. you you all go to a bar and yeah, I mean you looked exactly like me. And uh that was huge. Did when you saw it on screen for the first time, like specifically that movie, because mm-hmm. again, like you're saying, those are huge year for you. You're a successful actor, you're seeing your, yourself on screen, that's a part of your life. But in that movie, did it feel different at all? It did. It did. I think, you know, because I was got involved in it so early on and was um, such a big part of shaping that role and also um, brought Natasha into the movie. And Natasha and I were really good friends and Jamie and I were really good friends and it felt really like, even though Natasha's not gay, like it still felt um, so like a community making a movie for a community. And that was really exciting to me that it was, even though it was really entertaining, it was more than that and I think that that was probably my first experience making something that was more than um, just entertainment and that makes me think about how you are directing now Mm -hmm. and I feel like there's probably some sort of relationship with having like that experience and realizing like not not that acting is like a passivity but that it's like showing up to do the job for someone else versus the kind of involvement that you're talking about Mm -hmm. and then branching into directing like is am I making up that relationship or does that make sense to you um uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I kind of lost track of your question. Oh, uh, like, great. A of the, Clea. The, like, well, no, because I started thinking about my answer before you finished the question. And then I was yeah. like, oh, there's more question. And then I lost it. <laughs> no, just I full, mean, like, just full honesty. When you're, when you're looking back at things that made you think you could be a director, is that movie one of them? No. Great. Fo- great answer. Tell me nothing else. No, Next question. No. no. <laughs> No, because I think, you know, it. I felt so much more involved in that movie than just being an actor. So maybe I am – maybe the answer is yes. I think the answer is yes. I think, I think the I'm answer is yes. I think genius. 
Yeah, I think I think I'm. You know what? I'm going to say you're right. How did you know that? <laughs> you're so intuitive. I never. Put I just that saw. Together. I saw your eyes light up when you were talking about. But I'm a cheerleader. Yeah. No, that movie is very special to me, and you know, it always will be. It's such a huge part of my life, and um, Jamie is such a big part of my life, and Natasha is such a big part of my life, and that we all have that together. And that is so meaningful to th- the three of us and that it continues to be so meaningful to other people is extremely rewarding in a way that some jobs just aren't. Was it hard to go back to making – to working on other projects after that? Um, I'm trying to even remember that far back. I have such vivid memories of that and less vivid memories of everything else. I think – no, I mean, I got I got to work on such great things that I felt, you know, and I was always so grateful that I got to work at all. Like being an actor is so hard and getting jobs is so hard that, you know, I never – I always just felt really grateful that I was working at all. So, it, you know, and always got something out of every experience that was, you know, different but equally valuable to me. What was your first job? I don't think I know this. Well, when my – When did you first start – when I was 18, mm-hmm. um, my very first job that I tried to pretend was not my first job because it's embarrassing, um, but I'm an adult now and who cares? I'm um, with you. I'm, I'm here. I'm witnessing <laughs> you. I'm standing with you. I'm in solidarity. Thank you. Um, it was this movie called Little Witches that was made after The Craft, which was a really bad knockoff of the craft so much so that the poster or not post there was no poster it was not in any theater but the dvd or vhs at the time uh uh-huh, yes cover uh the photo was it looked like fruza bulk like it was trying to trick people <laughs> into thinking that it was the craft were um, were these witches littler than the witches li- much in, much little these are little witches <laughs> the littlest witches yeah no i don't know why Little Witch, it maybe because we were young. I we feel were like, like you were younger. Yeah. We, yeah. I mean, I was 18 and we were playing Catholic school girls who sure. it was like everyone went home for Holy Week. I think I, I don't know if I've ever even seen it all the way through. Um, but everybody was gone. But for some reason, these four to five little witches stayed back <sighs> and, of course, found a spell book to summon the devil, and that's what we did, which was, turned out to be a huge mistake, especially for me because I got killed. Oh, I got no. impaled by the devil's <gasps> horn. It was a whole thing. Do you think this is scary? Do you think I can – I probably can't see this It movie. is not. If you're scared of this – Of you getting impaled? Yes. It is so – I haven't so, seen like any no. scary movies. It I've looks, never seen any of your scary movies. I've never seen any of anybody's. I don't know what happens in the faculty. I assume you join the faculty. <laughs> <laughs> that is – That's not – That's what happens, right? That is not far from what happens. Okay, all right. Um, it's a horror movie about a teenage girl becoming a part of the faculty. <laughs> that sounds terrible because yeah. it's like she's got so much left to live in her life before she but gets no. a job. No. But it's – no, it's, that's what it it's is. It's terrifying. Her, she throws her whole life away. Yeah. Um, no, it's not scary. It looks like – when I get impaled, it looks kind of like – like lots of sliced ham, like a oh, no. like a like a no, no, like no. a fat pencil getting shoved through some sliced ham. Like it doesn't look. I can't watch that. Real, you know, it I doesn't can't look watch real. That. And then it's like a shot of my face. God knows what I'm doing. <laughs> like I have that burned into my brain. Um, oh. But uh, it's not scary. It's ridiculous. It's real bad. Anything that's being shoved through any amount of ham, I can't watch that. Yeah. Well, what if it's vegetarian? Yeah, no, it's that's what the that's what my problem with yeah, is, yeah, is that yeah. I'm I'm too much of a vegetarian. <laughs> yeah. 
it's like so it's no it's I just like, have like uh, a really low horror tolerance I know you like fine. love I scary love things scary I know you things. love uh, haunted houses and stuff Ugh, like that love it that to me is like I like I want to drop you off at the door <laughs> Maybe I can go on a hayride if there's like also a blanket I can cover my face with during mm-hmm. part of it. But oh, the hayride is so fun! It is yeah. not that scary. I mean, it's a little scary when you have to get out of the thing and yeah. you're walking through Griffith Park and you're like, oh, there could be an actual killer here. Yeah, I mean that's how I operate all the time. Yeah, just everywhere you go, literally at everywhere. like three six five, you're like, there's an that, actual like, killer. There in might here. be. I could get killed at any moment. Yes. I mean. Odds are at a crowded time at 365, there is probably someone in there who's killed somebody, just odds-wise. Wow, that's— Even if it's by accident. I mean, you're— This is not—this is the wrong podcast. Sorry. No, I want to I talk more about this. I feel like this is the right podcast for this. <laughs> no, that's so scary. Um, you're 18. You got that job. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what's—do you think you're thinking, like, oh, I made it. Or do you think you're thinking like— No, I'm thinking I hope I can keep my job at the coffee shop because I need that to survive because I'm not getting paid anything for this movie. Um, That that sounds actually kind of positive. Not the situation, but the mentality. That's oh, yeah. like a positive. Oh, yeah. I really had I know I in no way I never I've never had a moment where I thought I've made it. It's done. Like I still am like, am I gonna work again? What's gonna happen? Am I gonna be okay? Like I think, you know, I, I don't know if anyone really reaches that place where they feel like, I'm good, I've done it. Well, the only reason I ask the question is literally because of youth. Not because I think that um, Oh yeah. But just like I moved here when I was thirty. And so to me I feel like I moved here with the skills to be able to process some of what has gone on in mm. my life. Mm-hmm. Not all of it. Like I'm not always nailing it, but I think about like when you do stand up in another city, there's a lot of pressure. Like when are you moving to New York or LA? Right. So I got that question for years and f- felt almost ashamed mm-hmm. that I wasn't already out here. And then I got out here and was like, oh my God, thank God I wasn't out here because this is kind of brutal. Yeah. And when I hear stories about folks like yourself that were here at like a young age and putting themselves out there like that. Yeah, I think I don't understand, you know, like, were you equipped to deal with being on set? Were you equipped to deal with having your job be in the public eye like that? I think I yes and no. I mean, I grew up in LA, so it, I never had to come here, you know, off the bus being like I'm going to make it. Hello Hollywood. Like it was, I didn't have that. I understood that LA was and I was not around it when I was growing up. It was not any, you know, my exposure was very very minimal. So um I think that I was and that I was always very practical. You know, I've taking care of myself for a really long time and um, I think I don't know I think I think I I I think I was in that I always understood how lucky I was to be there and never felt entitled to any of the things that I was getting Um, and I think that the lack of entitlement is kind of, is important. Yeah, like a saving Maybe. thing. Yeah. Well, because things are going to go away. Yeah. Like even year to year. Yeah. You have a good year, you have a bad year. Yeah. So, yeah, if you're coming in feeling like a gratitude yeah. that you were talking about, yeah, um, that seems like a – strong way to get through that where you're just like grateful when things happen but maybe not devastated when they don't listen I definitely had my times of devastation did you you know it was but I I didn't personalize 
I didn't personalize not getting jobs. I didn't personalize people not wanting me, you know, it, because I knew that I was so specific and that I there was no one else like me. And that and I felt proud of that, you know, in a, in a way that I don't maybe proud is the wrong word, but I felt you know, when I was younger, it you know, my my dad really encouraged me to like be who I unapol- unapologetically be who I was and um my mom didn't feel that way. She wanted me to be other things, and I had to fight so hard to be that. That you know, when you know, once I was like on my own, taking care of myself, I, you know, I, I think fighting to like hold on to myself made me more in myself in a way that was really helpful um, for going into a job where everybody's going to tell you that you're not the thing that you're supposed to be. You know, so. Maybe that was helpful. But I mean, it's still, you know, it's still hard because you have jobs you really want. And sometimes you, you know, I definitely had my moments where I was like, God, it would be so much easier if I was a different thing, you know, and that and making peace with that. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. When when you say that there wasn't anyone else like you, talk talk me through that. What do you mean? That I, I don't know. I was just kind of, you know, I was weird and I wasn't the like um you know I wasn't the just like the bubbly girl I wasn't like able to fit into that like you know the 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 box that I think a lot of young actresses very easily slide into um or people who can mold themselves into that sort of like ingenue that wasn't me and that, yeah, I think that's what I mean. That's really interesting because I feel like I would have thought with my own experience that maybe you meant like um, like something physical, like not feeling comfortable in the same clothes. But what I think was interesting about what you said is that there was like a personality element to yeah. – um, like I don't know what the opposite of bubbly is, like a sort of um, – I mean you're like super witty. You know this. And, and But it's also like dry. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I could understand that as being the opposite of bubbly. And knowing that if this is the, the personality that you had when you were, uh, you know, 18 or whatever, then, yeah, I guess that is an under, an unusual personality for, like, an actress to have who's trying to get into Hollywood who's just like, no, I have, like, this great sarcastic wit. Isn't that what you guys are looking for? Yeah. Aren't you looking for this? <laughs> who's Who's looking for this? Yeah. Yeah. Not that, you know, and not that they're, they're you know, the, not that I'm not saying that one thing is better than the other. Oh, no, other of course not. Yeah. All, like I'm, I, you know, but I think that people didn't know what to do with me. And I think particularly like, you know, the actresses come in and they are, you know, come into auditions and they have a certain, you know, I don't know. They're like, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Because I don't want to, I, I, in no way do I want to say anything that's like negative about anybody else. Or negative about myself, I think it's – or negative about the people who didn't know what to do with me, you know, I think – but when, you know, like you have this image of this idea, you know, if you say 19-year-old girl and you have like an image of what that is going to be, I don't really fit what that image is. Like if you're playing Pictionary and the clue was 19-year-old girl and you drew a picture, you know, you wouldn't draw a picture of me. And I, some of what you're talking about is actually – a little bit of gender identity, like not, oh, yeah. you know, not like fully 
And I don't just mean like, again, when I say gender identity, I think a lot of times we, were t- we think we think about like clothes or haircut. Mm-hmm. But there's also the like, like you said, you're not saying that one thing is better than the other. But like if your gender identity is more with with. Um, I mean, I wish we had better words, but like a little bit of masculinity involved mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. like a like a solid jawline yeah. that you and I both have, yeah. you know, then like um, there's something to the way that that invades your personality or that it's part of your personality or that it's celebrated in your personality. And mm-hmm. um, like, I, I mean, I can actually be kind of bubbly if I try to turn it on. Uh, I don't know that I like it in myself mm-hmm. if I hear myself do it because sometimes I'm like, who am I doing this for? Yeah. But you don't have that thing? I'm trying to think. I think that I do. I mean, I think that I do. I think that I, I think it, uh, when I was younger, I was so fiercely protective of my identity that I felt like if I was anything other than the idea of what I thought I should be for myself, like if I strayed from that, I felt like I was being inauthentic. But I think as I get older and more comfortable in myself, I can explore different sides of my personality and accept them as parts of me as well rather than thinking that I'm like trying to be something that I'm not oh I love that that makes a lot of sense I hear that I mean that's kind of the same thing as that thing that's talked about when like a queer person comes out and then they're like very out for like Mm -hmm. a couple years and then they're like it's like a tide where they're just like crashing on the shore and they're just like I only wear this and this is all I do and I only talk about this and then it kind of like neutralizes a little bit because Mm -hmm. we're like sort of testing the edges Mm -hmm. um yeah, I think you're right. As you grow up, sometimes it can be a little easier to, like, not always be at the edge of yourself, but sometimes yeah. just be, like, in the middle. Yeah. What's up, queeros? Today's episode of the podcast is sponsored by our faves, Tomboy X. Ooh, Tomboy X. It's time to stop wearing underwear that doesn't make you feel confident. You need to try Tomboy X because they got everything from bikinis, briefs, boxer briefs, trunks, and boy shorts to soft bras and racerback bras. Everyday basic colors, fun seasonal prints, they've got it. They've got options from extra small to 4X. So regardless of where you fall on the size or gender spectrum, Tomboy X offers amazing underwear that anybody can feel comfortable in. We wear it at my house. It's very soft and I like it. Go to tomboyx.com slash query and check out the special pricing. They've got these bundles that they made just for us. You can also get 15% off when you use the code query. So yeah, use query for an extra 15% off. Ditch whatever you're wearing for a pair of Tomboy X undies. Tomboyx.com slash query. Hey, Queeros, Cameron here. Today's episode is sponsored by Away. Away offers high-quality luggage that's designed to be resilient, resourceful, and essential to the way you travel. Available in a variety of colors and four sizes, including carry-ons that work for all major U.S. airlines. The Away suitcase is lightweight. It also has a combination lock, four 360-degree spinner wheels, which, by the way, are the only wheels you should be traveling with. The spinning wheels? Yeah, no, that's the answer. And a patent-pending compression system to smash all your stuff in so you can bring even more. It also has a USB cord and a single charge will power your iPhone five times. Here's the thing. Away is sending me a suitcase. I haven't tried it yet. I'm excited to try it. But you could also try it because if you just order an Away suitcase and even take it with you, you've got a hundred days to figure out that you don't like it and send it back for a full refund. Shipping's free in the lower 48 states and 
Thanks to a lifetime warranty, if anything breaks, they'll fix it. For $20 off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com slash query and use promo code query during checkout. That's awaytravel.com slash query and promo code query for 20 bucks off your away suitcase. Your career also, like you're out. Yeah, I am now. But I was going to say, but you haven't always been. I have not always been. That's true. How did that change? <laughs> like the, I'm making your finger. Like, and I, was in, I was, this <laughs> it was before. It doesn't feel like a finger, after. finger shake, but this I did like it. This was before and after. <laughs> well, you're right. Oh, yeah. Like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how did that happen? Um, well, how did it happen? I How did it happen? I how did I come out or why did it like when I didn't come out why Okay, let's ask multiple questions. How about okay. this? Um when did you make the decision to talk about it publicly? Well, I never really made a decision cuz there was no like declaration for me like mm-hmm. I I just sort of you know it was not, you know, I wasn't hiding it, you know. I It was, you know, certainly not. And if you look at my closet, I think that you definitely can see that well, I was not sure. pretending. I mean, sure. I'm wearing a Carhartt jacket. Right yeah, now. yeah. <laughs> um, I was like, no, 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 my boyfriend's great. You'd be like, yeah, sure he is. I'm sure she is. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I definitely had people professionally tell me to not come out I also wouldn't tell people um when I was working with them that I was gay unless I got like very very close to them um I just didn't talk about it I didn't talk about it in interviews but then when but I'm a cheerleader came out it you know people and it, it, it inevitably came up and I would kind of avoid it or say it's about the person you know like I really didn't you know I just didn't talk about it and then there was this one journalist who really was trying to out me and that really freaked me out because it felt so predatory in this way where you know your identity is your business and it's your business to like who you want to share it with and when you want to share it and I was young you know I was just a kid and to and a kid who you know like you don't know my background you don't know what my family is like you don't know if my family even knows like it just felt so um yeah, it just felt so predatory in this way that was that it really freaked me out even more and wanted me to come out even less. And then wow. there were there have been other people who would try to out me and like when it becomes gossip and um it feels bad because then it feels negative, you know, it feels like oh you're hiding something because it's bad and I'm going to expose you, you know, and it, it and it doesn't m- doesn't create an environment where you feel like you can where you can be your authentic self because you're you know it feels like you're being found out you know it feels negative um and then I when I wrote I I directed I wrote and directed a movie that I was also in and I wrote this part for myself that was um a gay I a gay character um because I felt I felt like I wanted to play a character that 
felt like me, you know, that really, you know, because I never I feel like I never really get to play or not often do I get to play the parts that are like me that much. And it sounded fun. Um, and I knew that if I was if I was telling the story, it felt really uh, dishonest for me to write myself like a straight role, because why? You know, when it's my opportunity to tell the story that I want to tell and have the kind of representation that I want to have, why would I then make the choice to closet myself? So um, I wrote that part and I knew that it was sort of like, even though I was, you know, would like go places with my girlfriends and stopped hiding it from people that I worked with and like everybody in my life knew at that point, um, I, it, the, it sort of symbolized for me like the time where I was just going to stop like playing the pronoun game and like stop avoiding and just be, you know, talk about it openly. Um, and I had really hoped to, um, I had really hoped to be able to like sit down and talk to someone and talk about like what the experience of um, being out and, you know, all the whole, the whole journey of it all. And then it sort of got taken away from me in that same kind of way that bothered me before of like someone trying to like take ownership of me you know, of like making like a choice write for your, me. Like write your coming out article. Is that kind yeah. of what you mean? Well, yeah, because I had done this. I had, I did a panel for Outfest that was not, there was no, you know, I was told like there's no, there's no public, there, uh, there's no press there and um, you're just talking to filmmakers and like young people and you can be, you know, like, so you don't have to, you know, I didn't, I don't think I washed my hair. So, you know. Which is if I know that I don't know, whatever. Um, and then I was there and I was being very candid about like, because it was the first time I'd really talked about the movie other than at Sundance, which I was like pretty And this open movie is The Sundance. Intervention. The Intervention, yeah, yeah. Um, maybe I shouldn't talk about it because I'm really like calling somebody out that, because I thought, but I think it's an interesting thing, like the whole concept of outing people and um, making that decision for people, I think is like, you know, as an actor and as someone who um, really benefited so much from becoming comfortable and being able to, like, speak openly about my life and not feeling like it was something I needed to hide, um, being able to come to that journey, you know, go through that journey on my own and make that decision on my own terms was so meaningful to me. And I think the media sometimes goes after actors and really makes it their business and tries to expose them. And I think it's so damaging and it's so unfair, you know. Well, you're also talking about you just happen to have because of how young you were when you started mm -hmm. and then like the years that you happen to have worked. It's like you're a young person. You're not like an 80 year old person. Yeah. But you have spanned mm -hmm. a massive change yeah. in our culture, like massive um, and worked the whole time. Mm -hmm. So I also think like. This situation that you're talking about would be handled so differently with a person who is the eight, who is 18 now. Oh my god! Yeah. Right or 21 now? Yeah. Because like the article, if somebody wrote the kind of article you're talking about, like number one, they might potentially face backlash mm -hmm. for taking that away from somebody. Yeah. Like what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, and then number two, like the actor might announce on social media, like in a way that just like covers all bases at once kind mm -hmm. of a thing um, so that it's not like a press release. Yeah. But it's also not um, 
super precious mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Because yeah. I can imagine also you're in this situation where it's like there's no way for you to communicate this information without being like very precious about it, without yeah. being like get me like the one interview where I'm going to sit down and like tell the real story about yeah. me, Cleo, which I mean I'm just just knowing you a little bit seems I, like yeah, you I would fucking hate. Yeah. Um, I mean, whoever would like that, yeah. I don't know, but but uh, it just it seems like a real rock and a hard place, yeah. to have been in, yeah. But I think I, uh, you know, I think I was able to sort of come out in a way that felt, you know, where it wasn't a big declaration. Like, that's it was awesome. more just like, you know, it was it felt more like a like confirming what everyone already knew. Yeah, I guess that, so. Number one, what I was just talking about was like just compassion for you, mm. not at all that I don't think. I mean, I don't think I would have – I wouldn't have put that together about the intervention, but I love that that's what that movie meant to you. Mm -hmm. It's such a good movie and, like, you got to premiere it at Sundance and all this stuff and, like, have all these positive experiences around it. Like, this bit of success around Mm -hmm. it, you know, which I think – that must have been great to it, have that be the reception for something that was so personal. For sure. It it really was. It was – especially, like, being at Sundance – with but I'm a cheerleader all those years before and having someone actively trying to out me at that festival and all these weird things going on and having it feel so negative and me like wanting to hide, which is what ultimately I ended up doing. I just hid from everything. I would work, but I wouldn't go to premieres. I didn't want to do press. Like I didn't want to expose myself. There were roles that I got offered in great fucking movies that I didn't take because they were gay characters because I didn't want people to know, you know, because it just felt so intense. And then to, you know, all these years later, be there with a movie that I wrote, that I directed, a story that I wanted to tell, playing a gay character and being able to talk openly about, you know, being a gay person and have it not be a big deal and have nobody like lurking in the shadows trying to get like a photo of, you know, my girlfriend and I, um, you know, walking out of a party, you know, like it felt really nice. It felt like a real, like very full circle. I'm so sorry that that happened to you. Just a it's, human saying to another person that I'm just sorry. You. I'm not going to say it's okay because it's not okay. It's not a nice thing to do. No, it's um, not. But the whole I, thing, like, I'm sorry that also somebody told you to not be honest. Oh, yeah. And I totally, that makes sense. Like, yeah. I, I see the time when like that movie came out or when you were like launching your career Mm -hmm. and I fully like that's so believable there's maybe nothing more believable than somebody telling you to shut up about it yeah but like that sucks yeah that sucks because you're at work you know like and there are so many people I'm sure listening who like have gone through that regardless of what their job is Mm -hmm. that feeling of like but like keep it hush hush you know and like patrolling yourself about what things you're sharing Mm -hmm. and it's just it's just like sucks it it's so nerve-wracking. It always gives me like a – like there'll be times I'll, fl- I'll be flying or something and it's like I have a wedding ring on, mm, you know. Mm-hmm. You get the question and then you're like, am I coming out to this seatmate right now? Yeah. Or yeah. am I not coming out to this seatmate? Yeah. <laughs> and either way, I don't like this moment yeah. because it's like too much of a gamble for a fucking stranger. Yeah. And also like – you know, I don't know. There's just so much um, – wrapped up in it and obviously celebrity is also part of the story that you're telling but at the end of the day it's a job mm-hmm. you do a job yeah it's just like people follow you around with a photo with a camera trying to get a photo well, that of you. doesn't really happen but well i just mean what you're talking about oh, at yeah. sundance like that's a specific experience mm-hmm. but the feeling yeah is 
Yeah. Something a lot of people have access to, that yeah. feeling of, like, being chased around like that. Yeah. It is so weird, the, the like, coming having to come out all the time. And, I, you know, I do, you know, I have no problem saying, like, you know, my partner and, I mean, I understand that partner is sort of an ambiguous term, so it's not that dangerous. Hmm. But I, you know, like, I say partner because I like that word. Um, but, you know, I don't know. It just feels so exhausting because then it changed because uh, I don't know. It just shifts a dynamic in a way, I don't know, in a way that it's just like, I can't believe this is still a thing. Mm-hmm. I can't believe this is still a thing that even matters. Would you ever want to say the word wife? Does that just, like, feel not good to you? I don't really like the word wife. It doesn't feel good to me. We talk about it all the time. Because she likes it. She doesn't mind it. She likes it. She specific, She actually full-blown likes it. It's not even mm. doesn't mind it. She likes it. But I don't like it. Does she ever use it with you? Like call you wife? Or is that – or just partner both ways? Is that like the agreed upon term? Well, I say partner. I don't know what she says when I'm not around. Yeah. I fair. should start secretly recording. Her <laughs> to find out. I've been meaning to do that anyway. I know. You've got to. Like I honestly, know. <laughs> you just have to. How are you going to keep a relationship going if you're not secretly recording and then tracking? Yeah. You know, with like some sort of a – um, like a GPS device. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've got the GPS device no, down, I know, I know, but it doesn't have audio on it, which well, is such a flaw. You should work it out. <laughs> We're at a podcast studio right now. Can you – you can set this up, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mary's okay. got it. Okay. I'll We're send good. you her s- SIM card. I don't know. <laughs> is that still even a thing? I don't know how I'll phones work. I'll send you the uh, hashtag. Yeah, yeah. Send yeah. you the hashtag and then <laughs> I'll – that's how it goes. Yeah, so, yeah. The upload the – yeah, yeah, yeah. Geotags. Vox. You'll use the geotags. Vox you'll tags. Know. Yeah, you'll know where they are. Yeah, it'll be good. It'll um, be good. I mean, I, I think it, I, just an interesting question to ask because like. Because you like wife. You guys say wife. We say wife. Yeah. Why do you like wife? Well, I think part of it is like um, it eliminates confusion. Oh, uh-huh. And then uh, part of it is also that I like that it's a little bit of a fuck you. Mm-hmm. And then I also grew up in, like, a very traditional family. My parents are still married. They've been married for, like, more than 40 years. And I grew up in, like, a really traditional area. Mm -hmm. And to me, there's something about, like, to me, it feels like invading tradition. Mm -hmm. I know there are lots of queer people that it feels like, why are you trying to put me in this, like, box of tradition? Like, mm. why are you trying to do this to me? That's just not how it feels to me. Yeah. So I think it's, like, whatever feels right to you, rad. To me, I'm like, no, we're in here, too. Like, my sister got married in a church in Chicago where my grandparents had also gotten married. Mm-hmm. And then um, where my great-grandparents had donated a window that says, like, Esposito. There's, like, a stained glass window that says our name. That's, That's where awesome. my sister got married. It was very fucking cool. But it's also, like, a little bit, like, so then, like, her husband gets to call her a wife and they got to be married. And, like, I didn't get to get married in this fucking church with this cool window mm-hmm. that my great-grandparents should have smashed like, that window. Yeah, I didn't get to do any of this shit. Yeah. So I'm taking this word <laughs> and I'm and I'm using it for my needs, which is mostly to tell people on airplanes 
who I'm married to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'll show them. I'll show seat them. Mate. They're going to be so. You know what, though? I had the I had an experience the other day that I realized I had never had. I was taking a lift home from the airport, and the lift driver, like, got out of the car to help me with my bags and immediately, like, clocked, like, um, Dickies on and, like, a button white button-down shirt, like, really short hair. I'm like, this is definitely a lesbian. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we sit in the car together, and Rhea called me, and I was like, oh, it's my wife. So I pick up the phone to talk to Rhea. I hang up the phone. And then the driver's like, yeah, my girlfriend's been giving me, like, whatever, you know, like, doesn't usually text. So we start having this conversation and, and talked. This was – I had landed at 4.30 like an idiot. So then it was going to be, like, a two-hour mm-hmm. ride to my house from the airport. And um, we just, like, shot the shit. About, like, wives and stuff. And I realized that I've never been in a relationship with – there's not a relationship, conversation, just a total stranger where we both came out to each other at the same moment. Mm. Like, we both knew what we were saying and Mm -hmm. doing Mm -hmm. and then just, like, got to talk about it like that. Yeah. Not like a friend, not somebody at a party, not someone I'm ever going to see again. Don't even know this person's name. Just talk for two hours about, like, pride. Yeah. It was totally cool. cool. Should be the official Lyft driver for (laughs) – because that's, like, never my experience. My experience no. is always... Yeah. So what about, like, if you're on set now? Mm-hmm. Do Are you still telling coworkers? Or is this, like, everybody in I feel like that every- you are working with already knows? I mean, I feel like people know... I feel like people know, but I also don't ever want to assume that anyone even knows who I am. So... All you know, like I highly doubt there. Are, you know, everybody's like, "Oh, I'm gonna Google that girl." Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I'm not, I don't Google people. So, but I guess people that they're people Google. Um, but I, so I, you know, I'll just talk about it openly. There's no, but I don't, I don't even think about it anymore. There's no part of me now that is. Um, but I, you know, honestly, I think that part of. I think the the woman that I'm with now, I think actually had a huge part in helping me feel so comfortable um, talking openly, you know, because I think when you're in a relationship with someone who like loves and accepts you so much and also loves and accepts themselves so much, it you know, there's not, there's no shame anywhere, you know? And I think being, you know, something that's one of the many things that I really love about her is how accepting she is and how good I feel about me. Like I feel better about me when I'm around her, That's awesome. you know, and that, and I feel so like proud of her and like, you know, we've worked really hard on our relationship, and I feel really proud of our relationship. I feel really, like, happy that I'm getting so emotional. Sorry. I, I love this. <laughs> no, no, this is what I— But I haven't really talked about it. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't—because it's something that I've sort of thought about of, like, wow, once, you know, me and I got together, I felt, you know, I immediately felt so— even though I was, like, out and, like, pretty comfortable, I've never—it wasn't to this degree where I felt, like— you know, I think that I was like accepted that I was gay, but hadn't transitioned into feeling proud of being gay. And I think that I do feel so proud of being gay now in a way that I don't know that I did before. See, I think that's amazing. And I yeah. I don't I don't I also don't think that's an unusual experience because like of course people are different. So like self acceptance is mm-hmm. really different. And I think that that being a part of relationships 
um, where folks have different levels of self-acceptance can absolutely rub off in like a positive way. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely had a huge change in my relationship with my parents mm. based on – well, they hadn't really wanted to meet any of my girlfriends. Mm. And then I started dating a friend of my sister's that they already knew. Mm. And not very well, but like had met. Mm. So it was like, ha-ha. <laughs> Haha, <laughs> you can't avoid it. Yeah. You've already met. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then my folks started spending, because she was friends with my sister, then my girlfriend was just around a lot more mm-hmm. and like kind of in the family in a different way. And then my parents liked her, especially my dad mm. liked her. Like, liked her, liked her? No, but just like, no. <laughs> but just like my dad had not met any of my girlfriends and I think was really scared of them. Mm-hmm. Was like, who's this going to be? You yeah. know, I know who Cameron is. Yeah. But, like, this influence is coming from some other, like, monster yeah. kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, and then my dad was like, but this woman's awesome. Yeah. So, what, like, I guess I have to reorganize all my beliefs about all this. Yeah. Um, and that was hugely helpful. Like, just having that person around to be confident enough to talk to my folks. Mm-hmm. Um. And not come in with, like, a lot of nerves about it and, like, broke – like, cracked something open that's been kind of fixed ever since. That's awesome. It is awesome. Um, For you, in this specific relationship, because I'm sure there are folks listening who, like, are in relationships like this. Like, do you – can you isolate anything that that you find from your current relationship that really helped in this regard? Like, any sort of feedback or, like, behavior – what do you mean? Well, I just mean like you're like this person helped me to feel better about being open. Mm-hmm. So like was it like saying positive stuff about you? Was it like saying positive stuff about her? Like like can you isolate any more specifically? I mean, I think I think she has she I don't know. I think like I've really struggled with Myself, like I know that at the beginning I was like I fought for who I was or whatever not or whatever I really like fought for who I was and was proud of who I was but I also there was the other side of that where I was in like a tremendous amount of pain and I wasn't very nice like I wasn't very nice to myself even though like I fought for who I was I still think that I felt like deep deep shame and like you know issues with my body and issues with my face and issues with my voice you know I just didn't like myself very much and you know and when you you know when you're around like lots of movie people like it's a brutal industry and everybody kind of you know has to really like fight hard to not fall into not everybody but a lot of people that I know anyway um have to fight hard to not you know fall into like this deep deep self-loathing and I think you know, I really struggled with that for a really long time and still struggle with it at times. And um, being with someone who didn't have that, who just had self-esteem and who liked themselves and, you know, like it's baffling to me sometimes where I'm just like, what, how are you like, like, how do you, you just feel okay? You're just like happy to be you. Like, I don't know what that is like. And I think, you know, it really – and I think because she didn't have all those 
bullshit things that she was wrestling with and like all the mean things she was telling herself about herself, you know, she had so much more room available to love, to love, you know, and she was not, is not, you know, she can also accept love, which was something that I couldn't do. You know, it was really hard for me to accept that people loved me. And, you know, I mean, even still with some of my friends, I'm just, you know, I have to tell myself, like, that person loves you. You don't need to worry. They're not going to just, like, decide one day that your 20-year friendship was a mistake. <laughs> right. You right. know, and I they had misjudged you. I get you, all this. You know? I do, yeah. But I think, you know, I don't know. I think I just was – I think – I don't know. I think I just, like, was able to allow – her, like I let, mm, I was able to l let my, I don't know, this is, I've never really talked about this before, so I don't really, I don't have it all streamlined. I feel like you're um, doing a great job of verbalizing all of it, and I'm with you. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Okay. Because okay, okay. I'm also writing myself a tiny note to <laughs> bring up, because I, because I think everything that you're saying, uh -huh. um, what is it? I just, wrote, it I just wrote the word fight because that's a word that you've been using that you fought for yourself. Oh, yeah. And um, I, I fought for myself really hard, too. Um, and mine was because of, like, faith telling me, mm. like, you're disgusting mm -hmm. and you have to go to hell immediately. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be impaled by the devil's horn. Yeah. <laughs> and some pencil's going to go through yeah. a ham. Um, and I really, really believed in Catholicism, when I got that message about myself, I was like mm -hmm. in very emotionally involved. And then I had to go like, well, I guess this can't be true. But that was like a years long process mm -hmm. of going, I guess this can't be true. Um, because it literally was like coming from God. Mm, I mean, mm -hmm. you know, you can't argue with God yeah. unless you realize it's like a really old book written in a language you don't understand by like some people who are actually humans and yeah. not. But anyway, um, you have to realize all that. Mm -hmm. That might take years. Yeah. So I think that that thing of fighting, th th that doesn't necessarily mean acceptance. Yeah. Like fighting, once you start to fight, it can be very hard to stop fighting. Mm -hmm. um, it can be very easy to... Like something that I know people think about me because of my like stand-up persona is that I know people think I'm like a real tough guy. Like sometimes people um, – I don't think that. Well, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I don't think that either. Like um, sometimes people will react to Rhea and I really differently because Rhea just fights in a different way, which is like a little quieter and stuff. I'm kind of loud. But it's literally like I feel like I had to get there to get over this hump. So sometimes I just, like, will be bossy or will mm. be, like, opinionated because there's, like, some damage going on. Yeah. And then I feel like sometimes folks are just like, ugh. But it's like, I can't stop. Do you know what I mean? Like, I can't I, – I have to be very comfortable. I have to really talk myself into, like you're saying, feeling like somebody wants to have a conversation with me, feeling like someone wants to be friends with me. Mm -hmm. Um so to me, those things actually go together as opposed to, like, fighting for self, meaning self-acceptance. Mm -hmm. It's like you fight, then you're exhausted. You don't have any more energy left to accept, <laughs> right? Well, you're also, like, if I have to fight this hard to be who, to be this person, maybe this person is fundamentally unlovable and doesn't deserve love and is terrible. And that's why 
no one is accepting this person because this person is the worst and should just die. I literally, my head almost just <laughs> fell off the back of my, did you see that happen? <laughs> I did like a, an actual whiplash. Uh, that's, that's really real. Yeah. 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 So I think unpacking all of that and being like, oh, no, I'm not the worst person who ever lived. Like, I'm not, you know, I, I do deserve these human things like love and compassion. And I also need to learn how to give them to myself because I, you know, if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love somebody else? You know? Amen. <laughs> um, Love that show. So much. So many feelings. Yeah. So many feelings. So many feelings. All I did was watch Ru RuPaul's Drag Race in Romania. <laughs> that's all I did because they had it on Netflix there, all the seasons. Oh, my God. Sorry. No, that's – took a real left turn. That's, no, that's amazing. Sorry. I'm not trying to avoid anything. I can't remember if we talked about that before we were recording. So now it's also going to – so we've previously had a conversation about how you were in oh, Romania. Oh, yeah. It was in Romania. Yeah. yeah. Only, I can't only, say why. Yeah, no, no. That's fine. I just – I just want to cover the fact that yeah, yeah, it yeah. might sound like a crazy the girl. weirdest non sequitur <laughs> of all time. <laughs> when, when you just say, and that's what I was watching yeah. in Romania. Um, um, but anyway, I'm not deflecting. This isn't like, this is sometimes when I'm in therapy and things get very intense and then I'll just make my therapist laugh because it just makes me feel better. Oh, I'm you're not like, deflecting? Because I'm really, I mean, I don't know anything about that skill set. What are you talking yeah. about? Making well, somebody laugh people, to leave, to release to listen, to, to, listen, to, lead, to release. Right. Sometimes, when people are feeling like emotions are getting too real, they'll deflect uh -huh. using humor oh. to kind of like diffuse. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, it's I've never, I've never it's heard kind of, of that. it's very rare. Yes, especially in Los Angeles. I know. <laughs> no one does that here. <laughs> I know. I mean, I definitely developed uh, a sense of humor. As like a, please don't kill me. Mm, mm -hmm. If I make you laugh, do I have value? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then you don't kill me? <laughs> okay, good. Um, I wasn't afraid that I was going to get killed, but I think that's how I figured out. I mean, that was my armor. You know, I always mm -hmm. was just like a little. I also was a big fan of Facts of Life and Natalie I thought was very funny. Natalie yeah. on the Facts of Life. Are you – you're old enough for that, right? I mean, like, yes, but I never watched it. What? It's not like I'm – I mean uh, – like, it's like a little outside of my – how old are you? 36. It's like not oh, that yeah. outside of my age range. But was, it wasn't like on in a way that I cared about. Copy that. I'm sorry. Uh, that's fine. Well, you really missed out. Are you going to leave? Great. I'm not going to leave. I was in a car. Recording. I was in a car with three people who didn't know what Punky Brewster was recently. That's so, tough. oh, and Soleil I finished Monfort? that. Car, That's what you're talking about. Okay. I finished that car ride, so I will yeah. finish this podcast. They had never heard of it. Well, they were like, "Well, I've heard of it, but I don't really know anything about it." And I was, I was a real punch. punch whatever. For the guy. Did you say that? That's a cool thing to say. Yeah. Whatever, man. Oh man, I. You know what else I just want to talk about before we, like, is, um, number one, you're awesome on Veep. Oh, thank you. Um, also, I don't, we were not, we did not know each other at the time, but I auditioned right before you. Did you really? Julia, yes. Yes. Like, at the same? Yes, like the morning. Do you remember there was, like, a really, uh, yeah, it was like, like, like a 9, 9 in the morning. a.m. or 8 a.m. or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. Wait, so, you were, so we were both in the same room together? No, no, no. It was, like. I think there were like four people that were 
We were, but we were at the place at the same time. I passed you. We didn't know each other yet, but I knew who you were. And so I was. Whatever happened, whatever happened. I got the show. You didn't, which sucks. (laughs) Which fucking sucks. Oh my God. You've been, they've been, honestly, what I said was to be nice. Can you set up a whole fake thing? Wow. And so that's what they've been doing is they've been doing a whole fake thing. And that is. I've actually been on it. Well, congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. That is so. No, I just, I just. Realized I've never said that. Yeah, no, that's true. It was that's so funny. But I was also like, oh, well, that's who's going to get that. I did not think I was going to get it because I never auditioned for comedies. People do not are not interested in seeing me in comedy. That's so weird and because you're like perfect at, at you're perfect at deadpan stuff. I had never done it before, though, really. Whoa. Okay. And yeah. then I got, you know, I got the the call that, to go in and audition for it. Um then I was like, I'm never gonna get, never gonna get this because I had auditioned once before, and I was like, I'm not getting this for that show. Mm-hmm. And then, but I was just so excited to get to be in a room with Julia because she's a genius, incredible. Um, and I went in and I did the audition, and it was really, and we did some improving, which was terrifying because I do, I'm not an improviser, um, but it was really fun, and I walked out of the audition thinking like that was one of the greatest experiences of my career and I don't even care if I get the job. Um, but then I did get the job in that. Well, I guess I didn't get the job. No, you got the job. What? Yeah, you, you've been there. <laughs> That's actually been the real thing. I didn't get it. What? You got it. So that is me. That's you. You're Okay, I was yeah. going to say, I feel like... No, you're in the show. It seems too elaborate. Very expensive. <laughs> it's super expensive. Like, all but just I said, to spare HBO, my feelings. Look, you can you can make Game of Thrones. You can set up a shadow television show so that oh. Clea thinks she got it. So That's there's a real Veep there's, that plays. But it's not on any airplane you fly on, and it's not in your home. <laughs> Whoa. This it, is we real. went to Romania, <laughs> set up a whole, like, a firewire and everything. Um, wow. No, I think, you're, number one, you're amazing on that show. Um, it's the writing and the cast. It's really like they're – it's the greatest group of people. I love them so much. I feel so lucky that I get to be there. Yeah, and also I I mean like it just seems – it's it's such a great show. I love that show. The best. And then I also just think like for the whole story that we've been talking about, I mean you're almost like being specifically valued in that role for like y- your like dry sense of humor, mm. for like – for being queer like it, it almost seems like it's a role that's valuing you for all the things that you would want to be valued for yeah yeah so I'm like really happy for you that you have gotten a chance to do that I'm really happy that they let me do it that's so great I feel really really grateful rock and roll people should watch you on that show you're good on that I show. mean people should just watch it because it's the best comedy on TV yes yeah so do you, you don't remember like the morning you went in, it's like you passed a young woman and you were like, well, she wasn't young. She was like kind of your age. <laughs> you passed her and you were like, oh, she seems like cool and funny. You don't remember like having like a cool and funny response to just like anybody that particular day? No. You just passed somebody and you were like. I think, well, I was very nervous <laughs> before I went in. Oh my God. So was I. And, and mine then- was earlier than you. So I woke up at like 5 a.m. dude. What? To do your hair? No, no, I was just, like, so fucking stressed out. Like, I was just like, you're going to – how many times are you going to get to go in for that thing, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, It means a lot when – to me, and I'm sure to you, it means a lot specifically to, like, have any interaction with women 
who I have a lot of respect for or who, especially comedy, mm, you know, mm-hmm. like one time I ran into Carol Burnett in like oh a plane, God. a bathroom. She was leaving the bathroom on a plane and I, I just burst into tears. <laughs> I just couldn't control myself and I just burst into tears. <laughs> Is there anybody that would, who would do that for you? I'm trying to think. I did. I saw her at a, like this big event. She had been like she presented something, and then we were backstage, and she was there, and I just didn't. I was paralyzed, and I didn't want to say. What was I going to say to her? What can I say? To I Carol mean, Burnett. No, you can't. I I said I'm so, I'm also in comedy because I just <laughs> had started crying, and I did. I knew I had to offer some sort of a. <laughs> So I said, thank you for giving me my job. Ugh. That's real. That's real. I like that story. Yeah, it's adorable, I think. Hopefully. I'm trying to think who would – who I would feel starstruck by. I mean, there's so so many – there are so many people who I really admire. Um, there's something about seeing actors that is like it's – because it's all in the same world, it feels less intense. But when I see people who are not in the um, in my world at all, it it's like, oh my god, that that's a real person, you know? Like Derek Jeter, like you're like you're- yeah. <laughs> well, I remember seeing. I was in Las Vegas once, and I saw Robert Ori, who was on the Lakers at the time, and he had hit this like incredible shot in like game four of the playoffs or whatever and I was at that game and I was so into the Lakers at that time and I saw him in Las Vegas and also he's just so tall that you don't see people that tall that often and I really felt starstruck by him but I feel like if I saw you know like Alyssa Edwards or something I don't know what I would do with me. Alyssa Edwards is a great person to be starstruck by. I would be. I would absolutely be starstruck (laughs) by Alyssa Edwards. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so. Still upset about the the, the All-Stars. I just had this experience because I just kind of watched that. Yeah, no, it's tough. It, it really anyway, bothers me. Shout out, Alyssa. Yeah. Can't wait to meet you. Ugh, Fall right I on the love, floor. Burst into tears. Love. Thank you for giving me my job. Yeah. <laughs> so, Clea, before I, like, send you off into the rest of your day, I just want to ask you about mm-hmm. a queero. Okay. So, like, a person. It could be a place or a thing. Okay. okay. That made you feel comfy being the person that you are today? Um, God, I feel like I've had, I've been very lucky to have many people. I mean, we've also talked about so many things and today and so many different things and there are so many like conflicting things within the things it's hard to say because you told me that you were going to ask me this before and I had my answer before <laughs> but now I'm just like and now I'm it. sort of like reassessing because I kind of went over that like my the you know like Mia really is someone who you know helped me feel better um, it can be Mia. It doesn't. We don't have but to. But I've already. Ta- I've already said that. I've already done that. But, but then so, I don't want to say another no, thing. I don't want to take away. No, but listeners will be like, "That's really sweet." They're gonna be like, "She fucking changed her." They're gonna be so, <laughs> just hashtagging. You're gonna just yeah. geostorming. Yeah, you're gonna get a lot of grief. <laughs> a lot of <laughs> for all this like, like 
open, thoughtful, vul- yeah, vulnerable conversation. Yeah. It's no, going to be a lot of backlash. Is, yeah, you're going to, oh my I've God. I've never really had internet backlash. Honestly, like, now. better delete all of your socials yeah. right now because Ugh. when people hear this conversation, they're going to take They the are going to lose it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, somebody, the, what I was going to, I'll tell you what I was going to say before because I think, um, because it is really true and she is someone who really like, just loved me so much that I couldn't believe it um, and, all, you know, and really just thinks that has always been so supportive of me and, like, you know, and I th- and when we were – it's Natasha Leone and when we were making um, the intervention together, she – you know, I had my internal thing of, you know, this is me in charge of my own story and, you know – playing this character and I'm doing this thing and she was the one who you know she was the only person who recognized that without me talking about it she was like this is a big deal Clee. like you really you know this is like grown up stuff and I'm so proud of you and like that really you know her support and her you know she's always been so supportive of me and like given me so much love and um, you know continues to and so I think Natasha I love that so much because I feel like, like when we talk about like allies, it always feels like it's like, um, it has to be like a group that you've joined or something mm. like, um, but what you're talking about, somebody that is like outside the community, but adjacent to the community, mm-hmm. like recognizing something that might be a big deal for you. Mm-hmm. Like that, that means that that person has had to like have empathy Mm-hmm. which um, we don't always ask for from, like, our straight friends. And we should because we have empathy for, for them. Like, mm-hmm. we're taught to. You know, like, yeah. the way we walk through the world is experiencing straightness. And mm-hmm. so I, I feel like that is such an amazing and powerful story because it really is, like, a teaching story for how to be present with people that don't have the same identity that you do. Yeah. You know, like, notice when they have milestones. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I love that. That's awesome. You're cool. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. It was really fun. Yeah, I had a great time. Sorry about the deflecting. I, f- I feel like you did great. Okay. I feel like we hung. We hung we in. We did. We did. Yeah. I almost cried. It was great. I loved it. It's Jessica St. Clair and Lennon Parham here. If you haven't listened to Womp It Up, we've got all brand new episodes. They're airing weekly. Chances are there's about 20,000 episodes for you to listen to on your drive. We've got some of the best comedians in the biz on playing amazing characters. Casey Wilson. Rob Hubel. Paul Shear, Jason Manzukis, Mary Holland. Nick Kroll. Brian Husky. How about Andy Daly? And that's just to name a few. Please join us every week for a new episode of Womp It Up and watch as the Womplerverse expands before your eyes. Hashtag turn around. This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Chris Bannon, and Colin Anderson. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. 
Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Fake nuts. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Ah, uh, yes. I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. Ah! Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season 3 of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah.